Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Star Road Podcast, where I'm actually looking at, and I'm sure you are too, uh, this beautiful gentleman in the spectacles, Tyler. How are you, bro? Good, man. It's great to see you. It's great to see you. I'm really excited for this podcast, Sterling. I can't lie. Yep. This is the first video podcast that we've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably? Probably, right? We want uh, is, is there one I'm unaware of? No, no. Like, <laughs> if something really gets messed up in the process with editing or anything like that, we're going to just use the audio, oh, right? Yeah. Little, little behind the scenes. But this is our hey. video test, so... Uh, hopefully this, uh, this all works out. We get this video uploaded to YouTube and it's the start of a beautiful thing. If not, we'll get up next time. Well, uh, it'll be a beautiful thing if it makes it, you know, I think we, I think we, we just went through everything. It took a little bit of setup, but I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling great about it. I think, uh, I think your, uh, your, your little setup looks fantastic, man. I know you just did some moving. Uh, yeah. So you've got a lot of reconstructing going on. Yeah, this is a semi-temporary setup next to me, um, but it's the gist of what I'm going for. So nothing quite as impressive as what I'm looking at behind you. Oh, you have come all on. kind of stuff going on back there. Uh, I, I had a lot of reconstructing to do, too, because everything was down from evacuation, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we did the semi-legendary in-person cast, which is kind of... Yeah. Uh, kind of like so this. long ago now, even though it wasn't. Yeah, dude. Uh, but we've got quite the episode today. Uh, yeah, very appropriate to, to, to come on camera for this. We're doing a triangle strategy uh, review. So excited. So excited, man. Really had a good time playing this game uh, so far. Obviously, we'll get into it heavy in the actual review, but man it's a such personal a great favorite game. i mean it's yeah, great man. it's really good it's really good but yeah we'll get into it you know it's funny i was i was thinking about how we only do reviews for games that we just absolutely give a 10 but uh you know that that just it's a positive vibe to be on it doesn't always have to be the case but uh it doesn't but it has it definitely it has, has been yeah. the, i mean these are every game that we've been like oh we're gonna do a review on it it's an absolute just you know knockout it's always been the ones that we so hotly anticipated, right? Like triangle strategy is something that we've been talking about since the beginning of this podcast and it's finally come full circle. Mario golf comes to mind. First thing. Yep. Yep. That was the first like real proper review we did. I think. I don't know I'm if it was the though. first, but that it's on that wavelength though. It's that, I it's think that it might be the first level. It's, it's, it's definitely among for sure, but we've done a few reviews. I enjoy these though. Cause we don't really give like a out of 10 or anything like that. We're really just, it's more of anecdotal, just what our experience with the game has been at the base level. You can, you can conjure what we're, our feelings on the game by the, by the end of the review, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We're doing top five favorite controllers. Now, I can't believe we haven't done this yet. Yeah, I know. It's 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 so crazy. I could have sworn we did, but I think we did a discussion topic about innovation in gaming or something that kind of maybe it overlapped in my brain a little bit because we talked about controllers a good bit there. But I'm really excited to, to uh, do that top five. That's going to be really fun. 
Yeah, I'm wondering now if we talked about accessories, but maybe not. Oh, maybe, but it's it's so slightly different. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it though for oh, sure. Oh, this is really specific. Yeah, this is like you know controllers. Absolutely. Uh, but that that's gonna be a fun one, man. We got the usual program: three shop news, intro, gaming pickups. Uh, let's just get straight into it, bro. Let's do it. Uh, we got F Zero X on the expansion pack Nintendo Switch Online N64. It's isn't, a lot of words. It's, it's, it's a long title to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I thought about I, extending it, actually. I thought about keeping it. I was like, you know what? This is too much. I honestly can't wait to play this. I have never really played much F-Zero except for just what was on the Switch Online previously, but I had a lot of fun playing those games and and really excited to get more into the N64 one for sure. Definitely. I mean, we've had quite a few little sit-downs with the 64 multiplayer. We have, yeah. uh, It runs uh, really good. Yep, and that's what I was going to say. I'm expecting to have a pretty seamless experience playing this with you. Most definitely. Uh, Are you going straight Falcon like as soon as we start? I'm just going to ask. I don't know. I'm going to have to play around with it. Yeah, I'm going to be open, but uh, I feel like that's the momentary clutch choice. It's like, you know what? Let's just play Falcon. Let's just do the thing real quick. I am a big fan of Captain (laughs) Falcon and Smash especially, you know. Definitely, bro. Um, How about a Steam Deck update? Yeah, we got a little bit of, we got just a teeny, well, really a a lot of news. I mean, people started getting them, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing since the last time we talked. Yep. And we got a little Um, more clear definition on where we are. Yeah, That's the biggest thing, yep. Absolutely. I've I've been checking this every other day, checking the subreddit, just sort of like trying to stay abreast of... The goings on, right? And people, as they've gotten their first ones, I've seen a lot of the very first wave of regular people starting to get theirs and talk about their experience. And seems like there's a lot of a lot of growing still to do. There's a lot of development still happening software side to make it a perfect experience, as you'd expect. Um, but a lot of glowing reviews for the performance of the system. That's my biggest takeaway. Definitely. We're also starting to get Steam Deck verification on game pages. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool to go to a games page. Yeah. I, I recently got a game called Ultra Kill. And uh, when I went on there, you know, they, they uploaded some footage of it being played on the Steam Deck. So I already knew it was up. Uh, but it's nice to see that they have verified, like Steam Deck verified games. So you can kind of browse around and as they update things, know exactly what's going to be like completely compatible day one. Yeah, definitely. You know, that way, I guess if somebody was like, I'm going to buy this for the Steam Deck, they don't get their hopes up and then can't play it. Perhaps, you know, we're not expecting 100% absolute compatibility. What we've seen, you know, what we've seen is a lot of things are playable through Proton, which is the sort of backend that they have kind of developed to make Windows programs compatible on Linux. That's really the, the core of what it's doing. And I've seen a lot of games and game launchers, store launchers, that kind of thing that are are Windows-based that people have gotten running fully on the Steam Deck. That's funny that you say that, because, yeah, I actually watched something recently about Windows on Steam Deck, 
and people are actually talking positively about it. I don't think I have an interest in that. I mostly want to just be able, like, they have it built in where most Windows programs are going to run straight in the Steam OS. Like, as I'm far sticking as, straight. I'm sticking to the Steam OS. I really don't want to put Windows yeah, in this thing. I'm not going to install Windows. Yeah, definitely. But they have a lot. They have the Proton built in to where, for instance, a lot of games can be. You can set that as the, like the processing engine, and there's one that's like different ones that have different compatibilities and people have gotten most things running on the steam deck. Sometimes it takes some tinkering, but almost every game that people have thought of, they've been able to come up with some way to get it working pretty easily, which I'm really excited for that. Yeah. And at the very least I saw that you can, uh, you can actually log into like your GOG and Mm -hmm. play games on there. Kind of like it was steam. But then again, uh, that was like, Oh cool. But then when you think about it, it's, kind of just an understood thing because this is basically a gaming pc right so uh that's impressive when you hear that you can do that but i think that boils down to the fact that it's an impressive device that that's just an understood feature yeah absolutely and it's pretty open source like i don't think it's fully open source but Maybe it is. I'm not I'm not exactly sure where the breakdown of that is, but people have already started developing patches and emulators and things to go, you know, be installed alongside the Steam OS, you know, or within its architecture to kind of yeah. give a lot of compatibility. So I'm talking I'm seeing people talking about running PS3 emulators, you know. We don't want to get too far down that path, but that's just what we like to see, that sort of compatibility and capability. Oh, yeah, and and the hardware is there to to do these things very well. So why not do them, you know? Absolutely. And and I I keep thinking about how we bring up the Steam Deck every episode, kind of like we bring up mario golf every episode we do and And, and that's going to continue more and more yeah so the steam deck is something i feel we talk about it in anticipation but i feel like Mm -hmm. it's still going to be an every episode thing when we get it absolutely because it's going to i mean dude it's going to be in the rotation it's going to be our other switch and i mean a lot more than our other switch actually um it's just a whole new thing so i feel like we're going to be talking about it even more when we have them than all this anticipation building up to it. No question. And it's going to be cool to come out the gate and kind of, I mean, that could, that'll probably be a discussion topic, right? Like steam deck drop when we both yeah, have, I mean, we can e- just do even if review you got it. yours first, right. like you could take the floor and you know what I mean? That'd be, that'd be really cool, especially for me because I wouldn't have had mine yet. Yeah. So there's, there's going to be exciting things coming with the Steam Deck. Uh, yeah, and, and they finally, them. they updated people who are after Q2. They broke that out into Q3 or after Q3. And, yep, and you are the one who alerted me to that. So now I believe, that, what was mine after Q3, I told you? No, yours is Q3. Oh, 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 that's right. I remember, yeah. Because we were saying is, that was lucky. Yours is what? Q2. Q2. Okay. Which means... April, May, June, and then Q3, July, August, September. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man, totally. Uh, I can't wait for you to get yours. I'm hoping enough people don't pay for them to where maybe I can get bumped down close to you. Yeah, I mean, that's happened to some people. A lot of people who were 
at the front part of Q2 got moved up to Q1. So mm-hmm. I think I'm still firmly in there, but that's fine. I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm, I'm more than satisfied. Yeah, man. Like I said, you really want to get it in your hands, but at the same time, it's worth the wait. Yep. Uh, it's a crazy product to get us to drop the money we're dropping on it. That's a hard yeah. buy from us. You know what I mean? Definitely. But it's also like they aren't making that much on this hardware margin wise. That much I can tell you for sure. Yeah. Cause I remember Gabe said it was a, it was painful. I think was the word he used to get to the price point he got to. Yeah. Which I want to bring up. They did drop a video of Gabe delivering uh, was supposedly was some of the first Steam decks and it was premium content. Loved it. Yeah, I saw that too. That's really it was really good. funny seeing the people who had no no idea who he was. Really good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and I like, I like how there was one chick who was like, "Do I need to sign something?" Yeah, he's like, "No, no, you're good." Like, and and I I was watching it with my girl and I was like, you know, she she was like, you know, I wouldn't know who it was, which is understandable. But to to you and I. We would know mask or no mask. Yeah, it's when, funny. When Gabe was at the door, we'd know it was him. When he was when he speaks, you just know his voice, you know what I mean? So we would shit. Absolutely. And there were a couple of people who kind of did shit, you know? Uh, but like I told you, it, he signed these things. So if he would have signed one and delivered it, I'd, I'd have to just get back in queue and get one to play because that's pretty monumental, you know? To Absolutely, like, This yeah. is the signed Steam Deck that was handed to me at my door by Gabe. One of the upsides of living in Seattle, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like I said, more to come with Steam Deck. Definitely, There's yeah. a new feature on the Switch for online members. And it's... Yeah, you sent me this, right? Uh, I believe so. Uh, I told yeah. you about it at least. There's, You know how they have the platinum and gold points on the mind mm-hmm. Nintendo. We've talked about a few things we've redeemed through it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh but you can actually use your platinum points now to get avatar creation assets, basically. Yeah. Uh, they're doing monthly games this month's game, Super Mario Odyssey. Interesting. So it's not just the Animal Crossing stuff. No, the Animal Crossing stuff, I think that's going to persist every month. Whoever mm-hmm. in the pool of residents, whoever, whoever has a birthday, birthday yep, is, it, is the month you're in, that'll be the available squad. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, which, it makes sense. Expansion pack, DLC for Animal Crossing, you know. Uh, but it's cool to see Odyssey is the first game. It makes me wonder what, what kind of games they're going to do. I know it's obviously going to be first-party stuff, but you never know. I mean, I mean, I wonder if, like, second out the gate, maybe they did, like, a triangle strategy thing. I mean, I mean you never know, you know? Yeah, you never know. Are you, uh, have you, I haven't checked, have you changed your avatar? I have not, actually. I, I created one and thought it was really cool with, with the little tiny gold Goomba. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually stuck with just my me avatar. But you know what I did? I, I It used to be like that lightest pink they have. I changed it to the Star Road minty green. Very nice. I was like, I'm feeling that. Definitely. So now nah, same old avatar, man. But there are some pretty cool, like, there's layers, right? So there's frames you purchase, backgrounds, and then, like, actual characters to appear in the foreground. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's pretty cool, you know, that you can definitely layer these things. And so monthly, weekly, you can get on and basically make, like, 80 points, 100 points a week off top with the four missions they have. 
um, one of them is like a monthly NES game. You literally just fire up the game. That's the game of the month, and then you get points. Seems pretty easy. Uh, other things like you back up your save data on the cloud. Um, I'll have to look into that. I haven't really got... I know I've collected some things on points, but I've never actually gone out and done the missions like on purpose. Like I've always just accumulated a few points here and there on accident. Yeah, the, uh, the only time I've ever gotten physical stuff, I think, was the posters that we both got uh, for the 3D All-Stars and then the Wario pin set, the WarioWare Get It Together. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking forward to see what other stuff they come out with. Maybe we missed out on some triangle strategy shit, man. We'll just have to see. Yeah. They'll always have cool stuff on offer, it seems. I, I like what they're doing with this. I do too. Any expansion of the front end. I mean, people still want like custom themes and stuff like that. I kind of feel like I'd want a slick theme on my switch as it is. I wouldn't want anything too crazy anyway, honestly. Just give us a web browser. That's a good point. Cause you know, for a while I kind of, it completely slipped my mind that the 3ds had a full blown web browser. Unless I'm wrong about that. No, you're 100% right. I, just, I was using it less than 24 hours ago. I think the only time I ever used it was whenever they shut down the YouTube app. I think you could still use the website on the browser. Yeah, really sad to see that. Oh, so sad because that, it was the greatest YouTube device, man. Really sad to think about that, bro. The, the day YouTube died on the 3DS was a sad day. Yeah, this service is no longer available. Thank you, or something like that. I, I just saw it last night. I clicked yeah. on it last night. You're done, bro. But there is quite a bit to talk about. I guess one more thing we're going to talk about, Nintendo Switch Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they put out another trailer, and I wanted to tell you, remember the sport we talked about, Shambara? Yeah. That looks really fun, dude. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like... um. Kind of like sword fighting with like blunt swords trying to knock each other off of like a pretty sizable platform. Okay. Interesting. I watched the trailer and that stuck out to me. I was like, I I wasn't aware at all whenever we talked about it before what the sport even was, you know? Yeah. So they talked about it for a second. I was like, that looks pretty fun. It looks pretty competitive. Whenever you talk about whacking each other with a stick, I mean, that starts to sound a lot more competitive than most sports to me. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, so that you know that sounds interesting, but they did give a date uh, for the release of that four twenty nine. I'm wondering, do you have any day one interest in this, Tyler, or do you have any mild interest? Or that's a great question, and we talked about this a little bit when we uh, when we saw the trailer and everything, but it was amongst a, a lot of other stuff, so we didn't really linger on it too long. I do. I have a big interest in this. And I, I really like the Wii more Sports. I see, the more yeah. I see, the more interested I get. But I'm still not day one sold on it, you know? I honestly may wait until they have golf, um, which I believe they mentioned is going to be in the fall update. Mm-hmm. I may wait until that point, see what people are saying, and then when the golf, you know, update is at least announced and it's close, that might be my, my time. Yeah. But I, I do have an interest, maybe not day one. Cause of course golf is my, like my favorite thing of any sports game, obviously at this point. So, um, may wait on that, but I do have an interest. Yeah. Did you notice that the soccer is basically rocket league? 
Rocket League with people. Striking resemblance, in my opinion. I, I didn't see anybody, you know, I didn't really go comment diving on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got some serious Rocket League vibes, the way the ball was focused, you know. And, That's uh, interesting. Kind of the way that you did like some trick shots, kind of. Uh, it's just it, it, in the way it collided with the goal and just kind of exploded, you know. It's like the, yeah, a little like bit a, of the physics, yeah. Yeah, so it reminded me of Rocket League, which only makes it more appealing, really. I was going to say, that's enough to at least pique my interest. <laughs> I'll have to give this yeah. a second look because I love Rocket League. We'll talk about that in a few minutes here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much right now on Game oh, of really? Pickups. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, apparently Tyler's got a few things this time. A lot, a lot of times we've done these... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of shit on my end, but, uh, Tyler's, he's got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. As we've been settling down after the move and everything, um, I've had some more time to change it up with gaming. And so the last couple of weeks I've actually got some good gaming in. obviously triangle strategy was my big concern. I got to chapter five or so, um, which ultimately to me, I know that's probably not very far. Let's be honest. I'll tell you what, though. It is quite enough to grasp the beauty. Absolutely, yeah. But I still feel like I have barely scratched the surface of what's ahead of me in the game. Um, what else? Rocket League. Uh, I mentioned just a second ago, I've been I've been picking Rocket League back up on the PC. Um, Always love really to hear it. Nice. Rocket League is just such good vibes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just always there for me, like to come back to, and I, I always enjoy just picking it up and shaking the rust off and feeling myself get better and stuff like that, you know. Um, what else? My 3DS, I just got a very strong hankering to play Heart Gold the other day, and um, it took some work on my 3DS without getting too far into it had to do some updating and everything to get DS games to actually work on my 3DS. But I got it working and uh, fired up my heart gold. What do I see? I have a shiny Crobat. I totally forgot about this on this save file. Um, But that was like the coolest thing. I sent you a message like really late last night. Like, dude, what did I just find? Like this save file was from like four or five, like I think over five years ago. Um, and I just completely forgot about this. And I woke up to it and I was like, Vladimir, I was yeah. like that. There's no question that you're the OT. So, yeah, so I was definitely. pretty, I was pretty blown away because I was like, this was certainly obtained legitimately. You no know? question, dude. I mean, it, it's pretty strange to just find something like that. And I have a very f- foggy recollection of getting it. But at the time I was much more focused on like, nuzlocking the game beating it in a challenge run where i didn't acquire that many pokemon and stuff like that so but to think um, you might have caught it under those circumstances or even encountered it is pretty baffling don't you agree yeah it's pretty strange for sure but just for that to even be there is shocking it it definitely caught me by surprise and I, i didn't even mention this to you but i turned the game on and i'm i'm standing one tile in front of ho oh Oh, that that makes so much sense. Yeah. And so I'm like... What a place to be. I, so yeah, so I go into the battle and uh, without even looking at my party or anything and, I, and it's Crobat and it's like, bling, and I'm like, wait a second. 
What is that? Those colors are pretty uh, pale. Yeah. Pretty it's pastel. crazy because the back spray, it doesn't look as distinctly different. So I really was like squinting at it. And then I got out of the battle and hit like this, you know, summary page and got the front view. Totally. The lime green is the yeah, dead giveaway. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So really excited about that. Really been on a Pokemon wavelength um, for the last little bit. Going to start working on some long-term goals with, with my home, you know, collection and everything. Um, that's been something I've been building up to and putting off for quite a long time. So I think now is the perfect time for me to get into that. So more to come on that. I'll, I'll, I'll actually get a consolidated plan together and talk about it with you. And, and we'll talk about it on the podcast and everything. But really enjoying yeah, playing man. Pokemon lately. Um, I beat Arceus and started doing some of the post-game legendary collecting. That's been really fun. Man, um, I didn't beat Arceus yet. I feel terrible. Don't feel terrible, man. I still have a lot to do on Brilliant Diamond. I beat the Elite Four, but I have not even completed the regional decks yet. So that is, uh, that's where I'm at. So don't feel bad at all. I'm like four Pokemon away from the regional, dude. Nice. I'm, I'm just right there. Yeah. So really excited with Pokemon, man. It's kind of weird because there's this, I don't want to get too bogged down because we talk about this all the time, but there's this strange feeling of, I want to build my decks in home, but home is not compatible with the two newest games that I most want to play. So there's a strange, a strange disparity there that I can't really explain. Mm -hmm. um, but that's by the by. That's not really a big deal. It doesn't stop me from wanting to play um, Arceus or Brilliant Diamond. Not at all. Yeah, I... Uh it's something to look forward to because I really feel like it's going to come for at least Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. I mean, it has to. It, ilka, Ilka. You know what I mean? Something. Yeah. I mean, uh, you really would think so. But Arceus, I'm definitely going to get back into. My gaming and pickups will be the reason why. I mean, Arceus got a little neglected. The, the review is why. I mean, when Triangle Strategy dropped, I, I, I spent a dedicated amount of time per day and really tried to chip away at it, you know? Definitely. Uh, I knocked you, mine out in a couple big chunks, but yeah. Did you have any more for a game and pickups? I didn't want to cut you off. No, um, I think... Oh, no, I actually do have multiple more things. Uh, Roll them Bowser's out, Bowser's Fury. We beat the story on that co-op, my uh, fiancé and I. We've, we, awesome. Uh, we, yeah, finally cleared that. Really had a good time with that. Yeah, like um, I told you, I got like uh, 50 cat shines recently. I was like, oh, yeah, this has got to be like the end. And then it just opened up a whole new section. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's what we just did, too. So, that you know, that's uh, excited to see what comes next. Yeah. We got, the we got the credits roll and everything, but I know there's more to do. Um, Loop Hero. Now, Loop this Hero. is a game that you purchased for me because you know I love card games and roguelikes and, you know. And I love Loop Hero, so. And, and yeah, and this was something you said, you've got to try this enough to purchase it for me. Um, and I had not gotten around to really playing it until right after the last podcast, I want to say. And I've been pretty much playing it steady since then 
trying to just progress and unlock stuff. And man, I got to tell you, that is one of the funnest games in those genres to me that's that's out there on Steam. I cannot recommend it more. It's just one of those games that you can always go back to it. And just fire up a run. It's great for that, you know. Absolutely. It. I feel I put like quite a few hours into the game at this point, but I feel like I still have so much more to do still to improve. I saw you racking up some achievements on Steam. I was on the PC, you know, since the last podcast quite a bit. So, yeah, my Steam achievements have been lacking for a long time. So I want to start trying to check some of those off from my games that I care most about. Yeah, man. Especially as we get into Steam Deck world, you know, not to bring it oh, back to that. But but, but the Steam Deck, I think the, the achievements are going to get busted out much more frequently. I mean, Absolutely. this is going to make your Steam play versatile. So definitely you'll be scoring achievements while you're taking a shit now. <laughs> and Absolutely. It'll be, be a beautiful Can't thing. Wait. <laughs> Um, but that was it for me. Loop Hero, can't recommend it more. Really fun game. Can't wait for my uh, special reserve reserve copy to come in. Shout out to Special Reserve Games. For what me, about tri- you for Triangle Strategy. Triangle yeah. Strategy is a big thing. Okay, uh, I spent quite a bit of time on that. Honestly, the only thing that derailed me from that is that I got a game called Power Slave Exhumed. Now, Power Slave. Uh, this is a game I only knew because I, I was aware that they used the engine for the Saturn version to port Quake to the Saturn. So Quake that was on Sega Saturn was ran, they basically recreated it best they could with the Power Slave engine. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So that's the only thing I knew about the game, but uh, Night Dive Studios always coming out with the banger first-person shooter re-releases, the Turoks. Doom 64, Quake. You know what I mean? They, they, they're really pumping out these these retro shooters, and you know that that's half of what I'm about when it comes to, like, gaming. Definitely. I'm, like, 50% Nintendo and 50%, like, old FPS. <laughs> uh, at least, you know, later Doom in life where I'm, where 50% I'm at 50% Doom guy. <laughs> uh, but Power Slave Exhumed, fantastic. Really makes me want to play the primitive versions of it. I uh, like the one on the Saturn. I'm sure the controls were terrible. And Quake I for mean, Saturn. Oh, and, and I talked about that before. Um, they need to add that to the Quake on Switch. Like Absolutely. Just the, the add-ons in general. Uh, and then they actually re- they added something recently. Uh, I think it's called Overdark Underbright and Copper. It's these mods that like uh, fan-made mods. Uh, and I have to check that out more. But it's nice to see. They're being quiet about it, but they're adding things like that. But why not the, the Sega Saturn version? I mean, they did the 64. I mean, we'd have all the the ports from console at that point. Could still be coming. Probably. I mean, it's probably going to happen. S- Sega's not a, you know, I don't think they're ever one to turn down any type of attention these days from anything. Uh, not to say they'd have to go completely through Sega, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, uh, Ultra Kill, I got on. I got in on the early access for that game. That's an amazing game. I think you would love quite a bit. It, it's a pretty hectic, arcadey kind of like new retro FPS with a lot of interesting mechanics. 
Uh, I'm going to play cool. some more and we'll get into it later. But I mean, yeah. Uh, other than that, man, I, I picked up so much stuff. It's a lot to even go through. But at some point, I'll, you know, they'll be brought up as they're touched upon. But I bought a lot of old school FPS stuff. I bought like a Heretic Hexen collection. Uh, H Rot, the legacy of Rot on the Star Road podcast. He just updated the game. There's a whole new level. And right. secret level. And this was a cool secret level. It was like a, uh, you're like on a train, moving train in the tunnel. And it was like a, like kind of like a golden eye scenario. You're just moving forward, really. That's cool. I was like, that's a cool secret level. That's like a cool little bonus, you know, way to play it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, other than that, man, I pre-ordered that game Live Alive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me. I realized uh, they're doing a physical. And the physical's 50. So, I mean, I'm all over that. Yeah. Triangle strategy being as good as it is, which we're just about to get into. Uh, anytime I see this HD 2D thing, and especially when I remember they, they announced the Dragon Quest one too. I don't know if we've seen that yet or if that dropped. I don't, I haven't mm-hmm. heard anything. I'm interested in that as well. But this being like a Nintendo first party HD 2D, that's all you got to say. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, Nintendo first party HD 2D. I'm in. I mean, 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I'm, I'm there. So I'm looking forward to that. I don't think it comes out till the end of July, though. So uh, it's going to take a while to get to where we talk about that at length. But I think it's time to get into the review of Triangle Strategy, the recent Square Enix banger that we've been waiting for for so long. Wait, Square Enix... Square Enix Triangle Strategy. Yep. Hmm. Is there anything there? That's a good point. I really didn't think about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, no, you got me thinking, bro. I don't know either. I thought that triangles would have something to do with the gameplay, but maybe I'm missing exactly how like that would be initially diving in i was like okay the triangle is like the three the three factions okay three big factions i mean that's just the way i saw it that makes sense uh and it also could be uh representative of the three you get like three options for every scenario that's true too you know what i mean that's very true. Three three dialogue so choices. There's yeah. a triangle of of paths you can go. You know. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, I want to see how the conviction thing builds, but th- it's hard to know even where to begin with this game because everything about it is nothing it's short unique. of perfection. Yeah, I explained it to someone earlier today actually as. It's got sort of the political and story aspects of a Fire Emblem game with the gameplay mechanics of a Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep, and the difficulty is just there enough to where you have to be you have to be good enough to oh, to do it. I haven't told you about this, but let me <laughs> let, let, let me lay it down for you, Sterling. I was like you know me, I'm always looking to challenge myself, right? That's that's my biggest thing that like keeps gaming entertaining for me is like imposing extremely hard challenges on myself. So I, I purchase Triangle Strategy, I launch it for the first time, go in, start a new save file, 
It asked me the difficulty. I'm like, hard. Let's go. Did not go well. Not happening. I did not beat the first battle. Really? I lost it. I lost it like two or three times. I was hmm. like, this is not this is not what I need. Like I need to I need to step it back a difficulty. So I actually started a new save file again. Um I was in the first battle, so it was fine. Yeah. Um and picked normal and, and it was fine from there. I, I haven't had too much trouble. I don't think I've actually lost the battle. Um maybe maybe one. I can't remember. I may there may be one I had to retry so far. Maybe not. I can't remember. There was one. I'm, I'm on chapter seven, and there's, there was yeah. one the whole game that I just needed to rework my starting layout, and it was Definitely. like, it was, it was cake. Because my, my, right. my bad habit is I'll usually just start wherever they're at and say, like, I, I'm rocking it. You know what I'm saying? I don't put a lot of I thought do. into placing my units ahead of time, which I probably should, of course. Well, but, and the further you get into it, the more the more you start to understand the strengths and weaknesses, right? And and where, like, oh, I want to hit and run with this character. I don't want to finish in range, right? So I'm going to hold them back, wait for them to come to me. And you kind of have to squad everybody a certain way. Definitely. You and have to uh, group some tanky people with some, like, squishy people to try and keep them from dying. Like, if you put all the squishy people together, they're just going to get absolutely wrecked. Because if you... If you put like um, Frederica in front of like three or four guys unprotected by anybody, it's done. They're wiping right? she's, it, yeah. She's gone. And so a lot of the, a lot of the strategy of the game is on display with that, and I really really like that. There's a lot about this game I like. I'm just going to be upfront with you, man. Um, Definitely. One thing that shocked me just not pertaining to any particular category of a review. But, you know, first of all, I got to play this game alongside Octopath because my girl's actually been playing Octopath. That's pretty special. Actively. I'm talking about like on like on the Next fourth character. Other. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at it, it is shocking. And, you know, I'm so used to Octopath and that HD 2D. It took me a minute to realize... You can rotate the camera, Tyler. And it... Not only that, but you can flick the stick to rotate it 90 degrees. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. Because the camera, once you realize that, it takes some getting used to. I'm sure you'll agree with me there. Like, getting the camera positioned in a way that is useful can be difficult. But it's, I agree, but it's in some instances, but at the same time, the way the graphics adjust and kind of blend for you to view is almost a beautiful thing in itself. I don't, yeah, I didn't mean that necessarily in a detrimental way. There's a lot of, it gives you a lot of control over the camera, Mm -hmm. more than you would ever expect. And that is what I mean. Like some, it's, it's so much control that you really have to make it look how you want it. Yeah. Uh, I really do think I could confidently say this is probably my favorite visual that representation, like in a video game. I think this is my favorite graphical appearance. Graphics. I, mean, I, I don't know how yeah. to put, yeah, just simply put, 
Uh, it's amazing. It's just just the best blend of 3d and 2d. And when you put it next to Octopath, man, we thought Octopath was beautiful and it was, it still is, but they really are cranking it up. I mean, you, you have got to agree with me on the triangle strategy being like a HD version of HD they were doing then. Yeah. It's like, it's, they call it 2d, but it's not, it's it's not 2D at all. It's like 2D sprites on like a 3D, beautifully kind of voxely environment. Yeah, it's it's 2D in style only. And they do this so much. Square Enix with the the collision of background and characters, like with Bravely Default 2. Just and Bravely Default, just the first one on the 3DS. It's the first thing I thought was this is beautiful how these 3D character models are on these like st- like static hand drawn environments and when when i when you say that you don't think it would be so immersive and been, but it's all traversable and open and you know 3D mm-hmm. so uh, they just know how to blend styles to yeah. make a whole new vibe and i love definitely. it definitely the audio i can't say enough about i mean uh the music is Top I mean, notch. It, it's top notch. It's exactly it's what you would expect from a Square Enix AAA title. Yep. The uh, it's as good as any Final Fantasy game, in my opinion. And the voice acting is just as okay as it needs to be. I like the voice acting. I, I like the voice acting. I too. think that's a good description of it, though, because it's not. It still feels like Square Enix, right? Yeah. It has that, just that light, tiny little touch of cheese, right? Just that that 5% dash of, like, of cheesiness and, like, over-the-topness with the, with the voice performances. Nothing new And I us. love that. I love and, that. And, and that's why, because we feel right at home. Definitely. You know, I mean, I mean uh, we, we come from the Resident Evil universe, right? Where that is like the only redeeming factor about the voice acting is how good and cheesy it is. Yeah, we come from the land of the bad English dub, the Wild yeah. West, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so, hey, uh, uh, the, the voice acting, the music, the audio design, excellent. Uh, they kind of go there. We we were talking about that, you know. Even uh, you saw one of the bloodier scenes uh, that's happened so far. You know, when you see this representation of the characters, you might think off top, "Oh, it's sprites. It's you know whatever." He kind of uh, when your boy got murdered in the in the mine you were talking about, Dragan, Dragan. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sneaky boy. Oh, I'm so sorry for anybody who didn't. But hey. You should be that far in the game if you're a triangle strategy fan, man. Uh, but anyway, it's pretty. It's it's really not that far into the game. It was pretty visceral, though. The way they 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 kind of showed him bleed out, and you know they say a lot of pretty visceral things in the game, which is nice. It's nice to, you know, this is like we're taking the kid gloves off, and you know it kind of makes the the story's pretty serious. I felt pretty mm-hmm. invested in just about all the story that has happened, you know, definitely you kind of start developing your own, uh, you know, kind of like, I I wanted to declare war on high Zant personally, 
That's where I've been. Cause I'm like, you know, this disrespect to my wife is not going to cut it. Where did you go? Did you go to Heisen or did you go to the other one? S Frost. I went to Heisen. I did too. Because that's where Frederica wanted to go. So yep. I said, you know what? We're going there. And I, I kind of regret going there. But then again, it was insightful. But I think it's a terrible place, personally. It is. I think it's a, they, they're very, uh, their treatment of people that are different the than their own are kind of, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty disgusting to me. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of the emotion for me came in with the game. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, you, 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 it's like it's strange. I mean, you're getting set up. You're like this arranged marriage, right? Uh, but that does, that's not to say that there isn't anything there, you know? No, no. So, you, you know, you just kind of start taking things to heart. You know, you're thinking, okay, this is supposed to be your wife. So, okay, therefore, uh, the disrespect is blatant, man. You know, and there's elements that mirror things that take place in the real world without getting into anything specific, like oppressive real life things. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, it's clear they're drawing inspiration on on people's feelings that have really suffered, you know, in ways like this, you know, having entire sort of races or subsets of people, you know not being equal, you know, that's a, that's been a repeated story throughout human history. Yeah. Persecution of groups. Definitely. Uh, It's rooted in reality. So for them to put it in the story and have it be a central theme. Yep. It it only invests you more in my opinion. Absolutely. So I've been loving the game, man. The story is engaging. It really didn't take me long for me to be really invested in the story, which is saying a lot. Definitely, without a doubt. I don't just automatically feel immersed in the story of every game I play these days, you know. It's yeah, in so the first, sometimes it takes it takes some getting into it. Yeah, in the first 10 minutes. But this game really just, it gets you there pretty quickly. And it does a good job of telling the story and building the world at the same time, which I really enjoy. And I love the encampment feature. That's such a cozy little thing just to, yep. you know, uh, to have your own little home base to go to. I find myself going there all the time. Me too. I, I've, I try to do all of the, uh, the mental battles as soon as I can. Yep. I always go check because you know, they'll immediately be like, oh, we need your help with something. And they get, they give pretty decent experience, which early in the game is pretty important. Like. Getting your characters the first few levels makes a big difference. Definitely, dude. And uh, I haven't had any issue yet where I was like under leveled because because I guess I'm like you. Any battle that's available, I'm trying to do it. Uh, and, Absolutely. And, and that's pretty much what's on the overworld and what's in the encampment. So in as long as you, yep. as long as you stay up on the encampment, in between pivotal events, you'll get more content. In, yep. at, the, at the tavern or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm trying to collect every sub character that I can when they unlock the character stories. Yep. I was on that. As soon as that pops up, that's first that's thing. That's a no brainer. Yep. And every single mission I clear, I'm pressing the directional button to see if there's a 
a, a green mission, right? Where it's mm-hmm. looking in elsewhere in the kingdom. I've spent so much time scrolling the world map just to make sure there isn't anything. But most of the time, to save people some time, it's it's in range of the main story. You, it's well, you never can actually, super you can far. Actually press, you can actually press like left or right on the on the D-pad or on the stick and it'll like kind of jump between them if there's another oh, cool. menu option. That's good to know. I feel like an idiot, but I'll tell you what, I don't regret it though, because that overworld is really it's something. Beautiful. And depending, it doesn't take anything to zoom out and look at the map. Yeah. Depending on, uh, in between story events, it seems like certain parts of it get covered and certain parts are visible, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. It doesn't seem like it's an, uh, a consistently unlocking map like most, you know, RPGs are kind of like as you, you unlock the map and explore more as you go. This is more, here's all of it. Here's the part involved at the moment. You know, it, it reminded me a lot of FF seven where the first part of FF seven, you're spending in one big part, right in Midgar. And then, you know, as you complete that, that's when you sort of unlock a little bit more branching exploration. Yeah. I've, I've, I'm getting a similar vibe that that's going to be what happens here. Because, you know, you really only have like the first kingdom that you're bouncing back and forth. But I have a feeling there's going to be quite a lot more that you can do um, decision-wise later in the game. Yeah, and, and dude, I got to say, one of the most appealing things about this game is the exploration mode. Definitely. That just, it gave me instantaneous, like Golden Sun, Chrono Trigger, even like Link to the Past, where you're just going into these places, like, and just talking to people. That is one of the best parts of any RPG. Just, look, just looking the, for the little twinkles, the secret the items. World. Uh, it brings me back to like, you know, FF3 and just the old, just quality Square Enix content we've been getting for decades, you know? And so many of the NPCs give you information. Like there's a there's an information gathering mechanic where information you gather in the exploration mode gives yeah. you more options for choices later. Yep. So that is enough to motivate you to, to track down every living creature that you can find in these explorations. And, and I can and guarantee I haven't, down and I haven't missed a single one because I'm very thorough when it comes to expiration, but I'm ending it when everything is gone. Done. No twinkles. Every person's talked to at least twice. Like, yep. yep. There's no new dialogue to be had. Let's move on. Yep. So but I found it interesting. Some of the settings that you explore in, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Uh, the one on the bridge. Uh, right before uh, when you're running away or like a, or you're sneaking into the castle. Yeah. Did you play that yet? Yeah. Where you're sneaking into the castle and it's got the two ladders on either side. Yeah. Th- yeah. That was cool. How you can like ladder down and rotate I'm, the camera. I'm right about there. That's about where I am. Yeah. That that was really some of the spots. But obviously they, they want to you to trigger some dialogue and make some decisions at certain points. But some mm. are really explorable. And then some of them are really scaled down just the area to talk to people with an item or two, you know, yep. maybe no items. But it's nice. It's, but it's very cool nice. They throw it in frequently. And that was kind of like what they did on Fire Emblem Three Houses where exploration mode was like around the school. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, it's not the same 
open area every time. It's a completely yeah. new environment. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm a sucker for it, dude. Almost every place that you explore ends up being a place that you later fight. So that is really fun as well. Because you kind of already know what the terrain is like by the time you actually fight there. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because when I was playing the demo, I, I had beaten the demo two days before it released, I believe. And uh, when I was playing the demo, I'm like, man, I, I kind of like the, the hoppy physics he got going on here where he could kind of like certain objects inside the houses he could walk up on, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, when you're playing a Saranoa. And I'm like, that's kind of like how the terrain is. There's a certain amount of height that you can't walk up. And it's it's it takes some getting used to. Yeah, but it's really cool, though. But in battle, see. Uh, that's probably why Huet's like the best to me because you, She's everybody insane. else's jumps like three, hers is like 36. She can go any length, you know, above wherever. Uh, of, and of course, it would be overpowered to have multiple units like that. But, uh, the you know, there's a lot of game out. to go. I'm there sure is. we'll continue unlocking units as we go with different, mm -hmm. different traits and everything. Definitely. But yeah, I agree. I think that that's that's what what may, every time I get to a battle sequence, it's just like I'm like giddy, like I'm so excited to fight the battle. Like, Me too, dude. And the game, it's so good about metering these battles out because you go story, 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 exploration, story, battle. Like I don't, I, I'm gonna be honest I don't mind with you. It. There is a heavy amount of story in some cases in between actual battles. Absolutely. There might be four like cutscene triggered overworld Missions. options yeah. before yep. you actually get to a combat sequence. With exploration involved as yep. well. I don't mind that one single bit. I don't mind it. It, it really but makes me savor the combat. And I felt, and that's how I felt about three houses. Whenever my girl was playing it and I dove into it a little bit, I was like, the elements of this really open the game up and make it more, there's just more to do. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not doing battle after battle after battle, you know, which a lot of games like Wargroove, great game, but it is just battle after battle with some cutscenes in between. But having, you know, an exploration mode mixed with, uh, you know, any type of bonus variety mode. Mm -hmm. They kind of found a balance here because whenever you're playing these RPGs, I want a bunch of story. That's like the heart Definitely. and soul of these games. That's like, what we've come to expect. Even if, it, you know, there's been countless about three heroes and a crystal. Four heroes and a crystal. Yeah, I don't care, man. I, I, I'm into that. You know, they, I, <laughs> they keep finding new ways to make it interesting. So props to Square Enix for this one, man. This yeah, this is a very grown up game. Not not in the way that you might think off top. Grown up as in the content, but I just feel like this is like a really it's a it's a grown up Square Enix. It just like shows how they've how they've yeah. grown with Final Fantasy and just definitely it feels very refined. Very refined, and, and you know, I, I can't wait to see numbers on this. I haven't really looked into it too much. But but I really would love to see this perform. And I feel like these games perform well, more than well, in the East, in Japan. I mean, mm -hmm. these are, you know, I just hope that the West is putting in that love. 
definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they are. I mean, that, most of these Square Enix titles are very successful. But it's interesting to see uh, Square Enix sort of having this this relationship with Nintendo, right? We yeah. it started with Octopath, but you know we and we've talked about this quite a lot in the past. So I don't want to get too far into it, but the fact that they worked exclusively with Nintendo now that's not to say Triangle Strategy won't come to PC. I'm sure it will. Um, at least Octopath did um, along the line. So bravely default too. Exactly. So I imagine this will follow the same the f- same strategy there. But I, I have no issue with that, of course. But I think that's very interesting that for so long Square Enix was Sony console only. That's what they're doing, right? There we're not. You know, maybe a Game Boy game here or there. And, you know, they did stuff on the, you know, older Nintendo consoles. But for a long time, those core Final Fantasy games that we love, that was Sony. And you couldn't get them anywhere else. Even as recent as Final Fantasy 16, that's an exclusive Sony. But Sony, I mean, you know, as far as I know, there's no plans to bring Triangle Strategy over to PlayStation either. So I find that really unique. Definitely. And it seems like... With Nintendo, it's these ones we're talking about. They, they seem to be doing the same font type of same, not series, but family. Mm-hmm. The Octopath, Bravely Default, Triangle Strategy, family. All start out as Nintendo Switch exclusives. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a year later, wind up on Steam. It's a bold move not to make Triangle Strategy available in the wake of the Steam Deck. That's a pretty that's dedication to a contract for sure. Yeah, because we'll have a to see what the people, timeline on that. I mean, like I'm going to be honest with you, Tyler. I, I wanted to ask you this after I say my answer, but I'm probably going to be repurchasing Triangle Strategy on the Steam Deck, and that'll be the first time I did this for any of these games. It made me think about the other ones, maybe catching them on that thirty dollars sale. I didn't see a, a reason in doing it before. But for the sake of the deck, it, it makes me think differently. Now, how do you feel about all that? I support it. Here's why. We're go- There's going to be an end to Triangle Strategy. And you can play through it again and maybe get some different content, right? Probably um, with different choices and stuff. Pick everything you would have never picked. Yeah. But... It seems like a game that is perfect for fan-created content being made available through the Steam community, where people can add custom battles, enemies, that kind of thing into the game and have it be just the same quality as what you would get from Square Enix, you know, doing the same thing. That to me is very enticing. It's enticing, but Square Enix, I don't know if they'd be about that. I think I think what you got's what you're gonna get. But the, I don't know. I mean, can games disallow mods from the community page? And I understand. Stuff? I understand what you're saying. You're talking about on on the workshop level. You know that makes 100%, sense. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. That makes sense. But at the same time, I, I don't think Square Enix would be the nicest when it comes to playing around with their assets. I don't know. Maybe that's just a wild guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I know that a lot of games. For instance, Slay the Spire. I know it's an indie game and not Square Enix, but there's a 
insane amount of fan classes and cards and just new content that people make for the game. And so when I compare it against that, I don't know, we can go back and look at Octopath and see if people have put like custom scenarios on Steam. That's something interesting we can look into. You're right. That is very interesting. Yeah, I, I bet people have put custom scenarios and stuff for Octopath and, you know, custom boss battles and stuff. But I don't know. This is this is what we're going to have to educate ourselves on for this purpose of the Steam Deck, man. And that's just basically the features. That's the feature we yearn for in these types of games. And it's become a staple with these RTS games. I mean, Advance Wars 1 and 2, uh, mm -hmm. that's going to have it. Wargroove has it. Uh Fire Emblem, not as much, but I mean, that that only speaks to what I was saying about how I don't know, you know, like with Fire Emblem, they might not want people playing around with their assets as much as perhaps an indie company that's like, yeah, make whatever you want, you know? Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe we'll we'll follow up to this thought next time or, or sometime. Yeah. Um, or try it out. But the... If that is a thing, that sounds really sweet. That's that's really where I was going with it. Like, if there is a possibility to get some custom boss battles and fights and characters, you know, like, to me, that seems awesome. And it seems like the Steam, you know, the Steam Deck would be a perfect way to implement that um, and, and get some more longevity out of the game. Not that it's not going to have it in the first place. Yeah, but the people are creative, man. We've we've seen that, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they just recently added some new characters uh, on Rivals of Aether. Not to mm -hmm. veer off, but, you know, like this is workshop content that they added to the actual base game. It's part of the game now, you know. That's nice. Now that that's is, not something we'd ever see from Square Enix. No, think, no, not at all. But that's that's community involvement. You love to see it. Mm -hmm. There is a precedent for it, though. I mean, we we did get that. With Age of Empires, right? The game was around so long and, and some fan created content got so ingrained with the culture of the game that it actually got made into the re-releases of the game, which were created, produced, you know, designed by Microsoft. So I think that that's, you know, definitely noteworthy. Like, definitely. No, no question. Yeah. And that sets an interesting precedent, especially when you consider that it's Microsoft, you know, that to me, Microsoft publishing fan content, that's, that's pretty interesting to me. So there is some precedent there, but that's a totally different tangent. Um, triangle strategy, couldn't recommend it more. If you're a fan Not of tactics, possibly, yep. if you're a fan of tactics and you've been craving that, that's just on the base level, it's worth it. You add in the Fire Emblem style, like, you know, story progression and dynamics and just the incredible graphics and music. I mean, you've got a you've got a beautiful, beautiful RPG on your hands there. The battle, by the way, we haven't talked too much mechanically about the battle system, but it, it is very simple, but quite elegant and um, very satisfying, very balanced. Because, yeah, you're not rocking multiple of the same unit. Every single unit does its own thing entirely. One of the things that I noticed in Octopath was that the battles could get stale because you kind of just beat them the same way every time, right? You know, when you're just yeah, your the, character the versus Final random Final Fantasy mobs. Pokemon effect, yeah. Legit, exactly. Same thing as Pokemon. This is never going to be like that. Every battle is no. unique. Even if you were to replay the same battle again, it would play out completely differently. 
Yeah, and the AI isn't completely stupid either. I mean, uh, you know. Not at all. Uh, they know when to take advantage of like a backstab and when to corner you. And that's very enough there. Very few times has the AI made a decision that I was very confused by. Overall, it seems like they're quite good. Yeah, yeah. And they're also not in a big rush either. Which in, in the game, a lot of times you don't want to be in a big rush yourself. I, when I can, I try to I started off bold, trying to go into the pink zone and start just going all out. And it worked out well for me. But at the same time, I started being like, you know what? I'm going to keep it at starting off. I'm going to keep it in the blue. Let yep. them come to me. That's always that's how, the best that's, option. Yeah, definitely. But definitely. It, 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 it's kind of like they say, easy to pick up, difficult to master. Exactly. I feel like That's it wasn't too, to was it it. too hard to master. And of course, I'm not playing on the highest difficulty. And there's still more more aspects that you probably haven't even seen yet. Yep. And the game will obviously get more difficult. I don't think we're going to go through and crush every single battle. Definitely not. Uh, I remember Fire Emblem Three Houses being a little difficult. And being impressed with uh, what my girl was doing on there. Some of the time that the, these battles take. I actually like that triangle strategy has the battles are very well paced. Definitely. Maybe, maybe, you know, 20 minutes, I'd say. That's definitely what the longer side, some of them are shorter, but yeah, you know, a few of them definitely can be quite long, but you never feel, or at least I haven't really felt fatigued by that or like it was just grinding with no progression. Mm -hmm. Like you don't ever want to get into a situation where it's a stalemate. And I haven't really come across that. I also love that you get experience for doing things. For doing anything. Not for killing enemies. I mean, you, you cast a buff on somebody, you get experience. If you use any ability. If you use an item, you get EXP for that. Yep. You throw a heal on somebody, yep, like a potion, uh, they're good to go. And yeah, you I get like experience for it. I mean, that, I really like that. It, they they Definitely. give you experience based off of action and use. It feels satisfying for sure. And it feels like the levels come quite quick, quite, quite quickly early in the game. I don't know if that quite will... Quite quickly indeed. Quite quickly indeed. I don't know if that's going to take longer the more you progress, but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it obviously will. You seem to but rack the it up a The progression feels bit. very satisfying and balanced. Yeah, because they don't have... Like, we haven't done 30 battles, for example. No, but not even the close. the experience allotted is perfect for the pacing. Definitely. And the game's paced just so well. So, I mean, uh, I couldn't recommend it more. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, this is a Switch instant classic. I mean, I, what more can I say about it? Definitely. All the hype. I mean, like, we've been hyping this game up uh, for, what, a year now? Mm-hmm. And it, it's Yeah, here, since the start of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was early on. That was the the very first direct was when this game was very first announced and teased on the 3D All Stars one. What? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I think so. We'll have to go back and check yeah, the tape. That would be wild if if it was some episode one. That makes this pretty monumental, kind of like being a, uh, you know, on the visual. Which Definitely. You're looking, which you're looking great, by the way. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It feels good. It feels nice. I feel like we have a good flow with the the video and everything. It, it seems good so far. Yeah, man. I haven't accidentally knocked anything on my shelf over either, which is really what you want. He's liking it, people. It might go up. It might be up. 
I feel good about it. I just <laughs> want to make sure we, the, my biggest concern is technical issues, not as Absolutely. much preferential issues. Right. Yeah. But we're going to make it happen. Are you ready for the first potential on cam top five? Let's do it. It's favorite controllers. No. Yeah. This is a spicy one for sure. This is a spicy one. Now I told you third party was open. I want to ask you off top because I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Is there any third party on your list, or is it all Define just first party? Third party, not made by the company the console was made by, just not official. Technically, yes, I do have. Okay, yes, I do have a peripheral that is a controller. Okay, that was not made by a game company. That was not made by a. Nintendo, Sony, or Microsoft. We'll yeah, licensed way. or otherwise, you know. Yeah, we'll get into it. Now, um, would you like to kick it off, my friend? I will kick it off with my honorable mention, um, which if you are a OG Star Road podcast listener, um, you'll know that I have my Pikachu N64 and my honorable mention is going to be the Pikachu Pokemon or the blue Pokemon controller that comes with the Pikachu in 64. Ooh, see, I like this pick and I like that you're picking specific models because that's not something I thought about. Uh, because I wasn't really thinking cosmetic. I was thinking cosmetic, but not as much as actual playability. But I like that you could have just said the N64 controller. Nah, but instead, I need, no, it's I need the that specific one. one. Yeah, it's in the other room. I'll go get it. The gold is where my heart lies. Even though I do the majority of my gaming on the, an atomic purple one. Mm-hmm. But it is funny. Uh, I didn't want to cut you off if you had anything else to say about the Pikachu. No, no, that's 64 it. Shout controller. Out to, shout out to the Pikachu N64. Uh, but my shout out to that as well. Shout out to the gold boy. You can see it right behind me. Uh, that would be my pick, the gold one. That's your honorable mention. It's not. Oh. But my honorable mention is a third-party 64 controller. Okay, all right. The, by Retro Fighters, the Brawler 64. Okay. My only complaint about the controller is that the stick is a, a touch sensitive, mm -hmm. but it's something you can get used to. And but the fo the form factor of the controller, if you're gonna update the N64 controller, which it, it's comfortable to us, like when we when we play the N64, it, we are cozy with it. I have no issues. But when you think about the N64 controller from the outside in, they could be more practical. Definitely. So I like this layout where there's you know your Z button is on each side, kind of like most controllers. And your actual analog stick is where your left thumb would sit, mm -hmm. you know, and you, and you still got your D-pad. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the controller. I, I'd like to get some more gaming in with it because I usually resort to the OG, you know, just my purple one with a good stick in it the way it's intended. But mm -hmm. if you're looking for an updated alternative, the Brawler 64 is pretty good, bro. Honorable mention. Hey. That's perfect. My number five, um, it's another personal preferential pick, um, but that would be the uh, Xbox One controller. Either the default one, which I have over here to my right, 
um, or the Elite, which I don't own one of, but I have used extensively, and they're incredible controllers. Um, if I owned an Elite, it would probably be way higher on this list. It's even on my I list. Okay, well, X I won't Xbox get... One controllers on my list. Oh, okay, well, Straight there up. you go. That's that's my number five. We may end up having a, a few overlaps here. I know, we um, talked about one earlier. I took one off my list for T, y'all. Yeah, and, we'll uh, get into that. We'll get into that. Yep. But, uh, but no, the Xbox interesting One controller I, was on mine. I've never owned an Xbox One, but I use this controller mm-hmm. over here with my PC all, like all the time. It's my go-to controller for pc gaming because mm-hmm. um, it works seamlessly and uh yeah i i and I, like i said i have a good amount of experience with the elite um which that is like even t- like the next level um it, it's it really has a lot of features with interchangeable buttons and a lot of stuff you can do but just the the beautiful simplicity of it that's that's where it is on my list man i'm loving it bro uh I know you got that beautiful blue one I'm such a fan of. Like I said, one day I'm going to buy one of those and just put that beautiful box somewhere on the shelf and just have that beautiful controller. Big fan uh, of it. Big fan of it. But I I actually, when my girl got her Xbox One, uh, I went ahead and got, ordered another white controller to go with. You know, it came with the one white controller and the white system. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I played on, just the one, the standard Xbox One white controller. I, mm-hmm. I think as far as controllers go these days, you know, modern without any grip on them whatsoever, that's the best you can, that's the best case scenario. Definitely. Because, you know, there's no grip like, you know, uh, it's all just what the controller is made of. But yep, it kind of feels familiar to me. It's kind of like the 64 controller. It's kind of like everything we played growing up, you know? Yeah, Definitely. It's very true to just a utility, perfect controller, just yep. sleek design. And just a beautiful, yeah. evolu- like an, an evolution of that controller that Xbox has gone through, you know. Uh, Absolutely. Just, just a, n- more than a touch above the 360 controller. It just feels right. much, much more refined, you know. Absolutely. Well, since, since you took one of mine, not took it, but, you know, we kind of shared one. Would you like to throw your next one out? Oh man! All right, sorry, man. I I I totally I totally ruined it. I ruined no, it for you. It's no problem, man. We both um, got to talk about the Xbox the Xbox One controller. That's what it's all about. My number four is the six button Sega Genesis controller. That was a thought. I'm gonna be honest with you. For me, that was definitely a thought. The six button Sega Genesis controller is is legendary and it's it's so radically different than really anything else that's come after it. I know there were controllers developed with a similar control scheme around that time, but, um, you know, for me, it's so unique but it works so perfectly. All the, a lot of the games that were big on the Genesis just made such good use of this controller. Obviously, fighting games being the chief among them and having all the different options like you would on an arcade cabinet, I feel like that's the, that's the primary crux of the controller's design in the first place. I don't know why um, they so. didn't make it on my final list. I don't know why. I guess I was well, thinking more current. You see, it, the Genesis is something I never went back to. It's something I have fond memories yeah. of as a kid, but 
but never have revisited it. Yeah. So, but, but I always spoke so highly of the six button controller because that's all I ever knew. I've only ever played Genesis on a six button controller mm-hmm. and I was playing I the, Street uh, Fighter 2 and MK3, and, you know, so I know what's up with the fighting games with it. It's where to go, you know. I have the Genesis Mini, which actually came with the equivalent of the, you know, th- whatever it is, three or four button controller. Mm-hmm. Um, the three. So, it's the three, yeah. So that's that's fine. No no biggie. I, I love those controllers still. That just the way that that controller feels in your hand is just incredible. So even the three button controller is awesome and and deserving of kind of being a part of this spot. But the six button, nothing else. Nothing else for it. It's amazing. I love it. Love the pick. Uh, my next one is going to be the original. DualShock Analog for PS1. Then this, this is one that was close to making my list too. And, you know, I, I look at the PS5 controller and I'm like, that looks very nice. And I've never held one, you know, but perhaps <laughs> I would have favored it. But when I think back to some of the fondest games of me, Ape Escape, Tomba, you know, uh, the low key shit I was playing on PlayStation and, uh, just that that controller just at the time was like nothing we'd held and now it's everything we hold absolutely but you it was I mean? it was a game changer at the time definitely and i feel like there's something so comforting thinking about your your finger resting your fingers on the sticks and then your four fingers on those triggers yep that was like that first time you got that that i'm aware of that you got that true modern r1 r2 experience you know and it just felt so good yeah, definitely. And you got to pay tribute to the classics, man. That's a great pick. My number three. This is a little. This is a little different than anything that that is on your list. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of rhythm games. You know, your guitar-based games. So I had to. I had to include something from this realm on this list. You know, just to stay true to myself. So don't leave me hanging, bro. What is it? For me, it's going to be the Rock Band 2 guitar controller. I I didn't know if it'd be drums. No, I I love the drums and I still have my drums, which I'm very thankful for. Um, But no, the guitar, that's all I've ever needed. I I just love, love the Rock Band 2 guitar. I don't have one anymore, unfortunately. I have I have a Rock Band 1 guitar and I have a couple others. hanging around but that is the greatest the greatest controller i just i really really love that it's just so smooth it registers every single time you never drop any notes which is is an issue with some other controllers from that era so that's that's where it is that's my number three man i feel like i always did recall the the rock band guitar being shockingly precise Mm -hmm. with the input yeah like uh, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but I feel like Rock Band took a bit more precision than Guitar Hero, perhaps. The, like it depends. It depends on the game. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Uh, my number three is is one that really could be top tier. I mean, the NES Dogbone controller. Oh yeah, the I NES, was figuring I'd see this from you. The rework of the NES controller that came out with the top loader model of the NES uh, basically was modeled to kind of be more like the Super Nintendo controller. So you got that round left and right, you know, round on the edges, slim in the middle, 
and this black and just like beautiful cherry red buttons. Just, it's just a classic dude. And it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I've mentioned before how I got mine. I got mine in the trash basically, you know, helping a, an old boss of mine move Yeah, through an entertainment center out in this beautiful, I mean, this thing was never touched. I, like I said, the inserts that came with it out of the box were still sealed in the packaging, mm-hmm. sitting underneath the controller. Looks like it was used. unboxed, looked at, and throw that and throw it in there for years, you know? Yeah. So, uh, beautiful controller. I mean, it, when you play an NES controller, you couldn't possibly think a rectangle would be comfortable, but it is. Uh, but they even improved on that. And yeah. I'm very picky about you know, playing NES games with different types of controllers that aren't what you're used to, you know? Yeah. So this is a very true, like if you were playing Super Nintendo at the time, the top loader came out, you'd feel a little more familiar. Definitely. But that's no no disrespect to the original NES controller. It's a classic layout, man. I mean, yeah. we got the same thing with the Game Boy. You know, it's not really a controller, but shout out to the dog bone. That's awesome, man. Good pick. Um, Thanks, bro. My number two, I may end up accidentally stealing one from you again here. I've only got two uh, left. Apologies in advance. If it's so. probably my number one. Well, <laughs> I'm scared to say it now. It's the Switch Pro controller. My number one pick. Oh, man. <sighs> what can you do? What can you do, man? It's just such a slam dunk. It's such a slam dunk pick. And this it, is what how you said the Xbox One is your PC controller. Definitely. My number two and my number one, which is the, the Pro Controller, that's my go-tos for mm-hmm. PC, especially yeah. the Pro Controller. Uh, Steam has actually got Switch Pro Controller support built in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big, I love big, that. Big, big picture mode with the Steam, with the Pro Controller is a beautiful thing. I love definitely. it. Definitely. And Definitely. No I, question. I mean, you know, it. this was my first Bluetooth controller that I was using on PC as well. The Xbox controller came later, but the Switch Pro controller gets the job done and then some. It, it just feels so comfortable. And it it moreover, like in terms of actual Switch gameplay, I feel like it's pretty noteworthy that Games that are mostly designed for Joy-Con play, like also have a control set that works perfectly and and controls built perfectly in mind for the Switch Pro Controller. They didn't have to do that, right? Some games that are, you know, have Joy-Con specific mechanics, like you wouldn't have necessarily needed to port over a full configuration to the Pro Controller, but it's it exists for everything. And I'm very thankful definitely man it's a great pick obviously because it's my number one and it's okay i'm not upset tyler i just want you to know that that's okay uh but with my number one out of the way uh my number two was the eight bit dough eight bit do i'm not sure which one it is shout out to him though the sn30 pro mm-hmm. now the wireless model i'm sure is fantastic i have the wired one when I got the controller, I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to go the wired route. And it's not a very long cable, but it's long enough. And it is such a fantastic controller to play PC games with. Uh, as far as when it comes to, like, mapping your own 
stuff like on emulators and stuff like mm-hmm. that perfect yeah it's it's like an all-in-one retro controller that yeah that's awesome uh and, and it's really the only reason i didn't get the uh online controllers the super nintendo ones that nintendo mm-hmm. put out because i didn't really see a reason to uh you plug this in uh to the to the switch dock i think it treats it as a pro controller so i mean seamless just definitely plug it play it yeah and it's perfect for uh the super nintendo catalog that was my exclusive mario maker 2 controller if i was playing super mario maker 2 i was like wait a minute let me plug in my sn30 pro yeah so yeah, it's really it, great pick. it's really just a redesign uh, like a pretty true, almost one-in-one redesign of the Super Nintendo controller with analog sticks on it, placed kind of like the PlayStation, mm-hmm. and your R1, R2, L1, L2. That's it's amazing. Just a beautiful thing. Yeah, still, I think I looked into getting one of these, and they maybe weren't in a production run or needed were refreshing and couldn't really get one super available, if I remember. Really? So. Yeah, I might have to check back into that. It was like 25, 30 bucks when I got mine, and it was well worth it, man. Yeah, definitely. I think these are actually um, well-loved by more than just yourself. Like, they, they have quite a, a a fan base of this controller. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, my number one um, was on your list as well. Uh, you know, from the bat, it was the only one we discussed ahead of time. Apparently we should have had a few more uh, discussions, <laughs> but hey, we, 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 we always have overlap the on these. We always have overlap on these lists or not always, but very often. So in this one, there's only so many controllers. Correct. Tyler. It's par for the course. Most of the systems we've owned have been overlapped with each other. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the GameCube wired controller, the default one, that's my number one. Bottom line. Bottom line. Mayflash gang. Mayflash, Super Smash Bros. That's all I care about. End of story. <laughs> Mic drop. Like I don't know what else to say. Like yep. it the fact that you can, the fact that I can play a GameCube controller on my Nintendo Switch at the base level is mind blowing. And we've talked about this on earlier episodes of the podcast, but the fact that Nintendo went out of their way to integrate pressure sensitivity into Sunshine on 3D All-Stars after the fact, went back and did a 1.1 patch where that and camera controls were the main things that they added. Very impressive. Really impressive. But it's that, that that's there's official support for a controller from a console, what, three cycles ago? Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's very interesting. But at the same time, Nintendo is, uh, you know, licensing out new GameCube controllers with, right. the, with the Smash emblem on them and whatnot, you know. That's true. But I still think that's very impressive that 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 controller has withstood the test of time in that way. Like they're I don't supporting think it without a dedicated port yeah. on the system. That's Correct. what that's the impressive point. Yep, definitely. And the Wii had GameCube controller ports. Like, they really mm-hmm. have acknowledged that this controller was not going away. And I think, you know, I think, honestly, if it wasn't for Smash, that wouldn't happen. 
I think the reason I totally that, agree. 100%. I think the primary reason that this controller is still so relevant is because of Smash. And if, if Smash were not a thing that existed in the universe, we would have never seen the GameCube controller longevity be what it is. Not at all. Not one single bit, man. And that's not to disrespect the controller. No, not at all. But it, it's it's so specific to to that, right? To that feeling. Yep. And shout out to the PDP fight pad. I definitely could throw that one in. Definitely, dude. I I've like got, those. I've got I that don't beautiful own one. peach unopened one on my shelf, man. You can't see it, but I don't own one, but I've been very close to purchasing them in the past, and I do have an interest in owning one. Um, if you have the situation Flash. where they, the ones that I wanted were kind of weirdly expensive by the time I got around to looking into hmm. them. Man, they were under 30 bucks when I was getting them. They were like 25 mm-hmm. bucks. You know what I just remembered, Sterling, that I forgot about for this list? What's that? The um, the Hori D-pad. Shout out to the Hori D-pad. Shout out to the Hori D-pad. Yeah, whenever you, whenever I asked you if you had anything third party and you said yes, I actually thought that it might be the Hori D-pad. No, I was referring to the Rock Band controller. Okay. But the Hori D-pad is next level. If you No play, question. If you play your Switch in handheld and you've ever had a desire for a D-pad to be your primary movement as opposed to the stick, check out the Hori D-pad. It's so incredibly good. People have labored over modding Joy-Cons to do basically what the Hori D-pad does, aside from wireless connectivity or Bluetooth, you know? Yep. Uh, But as far as handheld goes, that's ideal, the Hori D-pad. I'm glad that I remembered this because I really want to put my Hori D-pad on and play some Triangle Strategy handheld. You know, I haven't played the game handheld probably a Ooh, single time. I've played time. it a lot handheld. I've played it docked. I've been playing my shit docked, man. As of Try recent, it handheld, it's a one-to-one. It's a one-to-one completely. Oh, if it looks good blown up on a screen, I know it's going to be beautiful on the tablet. I just mean, you know, some games, they may be harder to play handheld straight up because j- one reason or another, yeah. maybe not harder, but harder to play skillfully. This is a perfect game that doesn't matter how you play it. Correct. Yeah, that's really all I was saying. Yeah, totally, man. What a top five. What a review. What a game to review. What Absolutely. a time to be alive, really. No question. Um, so at the end of every episode, we do a segment called the Three Chop, where we pick three games from the Switch eShop and... Um, Try and highlight some good prices or sales that are going on. And sometimes we look at the Steam shop as well or PlayStation. Um, We've looked at a few different things, but we always tend to stick with the Switch side of things. Um, And with that being said, Sterling, I believe you have a Switch uh, 3 shop ready for us to go. I do. And I'm really doing everybody a favor because uh, the eShop, it's got like 1,200 things on sale, but it's kind of a whole lot of nothing. That, that Mario Day sale. Happy late Mario Day, uh, everybody. Yeah. But the Mario Day sale ends in like 10 hours or something. I mean, like maybe even at this point, yeah, six. Yeah, uh, not very long. No. So uh, the three shop today, Tyler. I question putting this on just because it's, it ends on the 16th. So, you know, early okay. listeners in luck. But you know what? We haven't done it in a while, and I wanted to put Katamari Damacy re-roll 
it, it was one that we put on frequently. I feel like we've had it a few times. When we yeah. first started out, you know, and we both, I purchased this game on a sale that we talked about on the three shop mm -hmm. for sure. And it's a classic. I mean, it's, it's a must own, but we got the same sale. I think that blew us away when you got it, honestly, uh, 29.99 to 7.49. 7.49. If you don't own Katamari Damacy, you need to pick this up. 75% off. That is until the 16th. So that's definitely one to grab. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Goblin Sword, a game I recently actually brought up. That's back on a sale from $4.99 to $1.99. Nice. Uh, so that's 60% off until the 30th. I highly recommend that. I mean, for, for $1.99, you really are getting a quality platformer. I highly recommend that game. Uh, then another one, I think we had this one, a single three shot before, but Coloro. Oh, I own this game. Oh, yeah. It goes on a pretty good sale from time to time. This being one of those times, uh, $9.99 to $1.80. Yeah, I own this game. I actually, I can't remember much about it because I'm pretty sure I bought it a long time ago before we did the podcast and stuff, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, so I don't remember exactly what it is. Do you? Can you refresh me? Yeah, uh, and that's 81% off until the 31st, $1.80 for this game. Basically, it's a platformer. You play as a cube, and you kind of, once you start jumping, you're moving. So it's like an automatic movement, and you can jump against walls. Yeah, so you jump it's coming against back wall, to you, me now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so, it, it, it had a very Super Meat Boy-like physics Super Meat Boy engine. Celeste on, on like rails kind of deal. Correct. Very challenging. And, mm -hmm. and also uh, very nice music and just ambience around the gameplay. Yeah, and I'll it's have got to get into that. Yeah, it's got co-op. So that's... Uh, my girl actually put me on in this game. She picked it up on some crazy sale and was playing it. And I was like, wow. Like, the you know, it, it recommended headphones at the beginning, which usually you know. Uh, it's probably about to be dope. Yeah, I think Celeste does the same thing. Yeah, I think so. So Caloro for a dollar eighty, I'm behind that completely. Other yeah, that's that, a great man, pick, man. That's the three shop. I, I highly uh, suggest people pick up Power Slave Exhumed. You know, I'm a little late to it, but not too late. This came out like end of February, I believe. Mm. So this is pretty recent that this has dropped. But hey, I mean, it, it's a really good old shooter that I never got to experience. That got some yeah. pretty good life breathed into it. So. I suggest people pick that up. You got a little three-shot bonus there. Yeah, man. Well, uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback, please reach out to us at starroadpodcast at gmail.com. And that is going to bring us to the end of the episode, Sterling. How you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic, bro. I'm feeling about as good as you look right now. How about that? Thanks, uh, which man. could be taken multiple ways. Who knows? But uh, I'd say pretty good. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, you no, man, I appreciate it. It's a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful, beautiful episode, and uh, you're beautiful, Tyler. Thank you Thanks, for listening man. today, everybody. Peace.